Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com, auto home life business. RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. They'll do everything they can to save you money, bundles, Overstate lines were allowed. They just want to make sure you're fully insured. And if they can save you money, great. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day, Joey Porter, Jr., Barkley's still a quarterback. He's going to go down the sideline. Joey Porter Jr. in coverage. He makes the interception there. He was covering Khalil Shakir, and JPJ goes the other way. And flags are coming out now. <laughs> Man, that is awesome. Look at the sideline for the Steelers <laughs> celebrating the rookie's first interception. They're looking the direction of Parker Washington. They have him, and they have the game's first touchdown. Yep, and uh, the first one, Bob Papiani was on the call. Uh, Joey Porter Jr.'s interception against the Bills, and uh, Parker Washington getting his first preseason touchdown. So, great news there. Obviously. So, my buddy Ian, by the way, from the Steelers game, he took his five-year-old son, Vinny, to his first Steeler game, and that's what he saw. Joey Porter Jr.'s interception. He saw the big run by Jalen Warren. He saw the big touchdown pass to Pat Fryermuth, a couple other big plays. He had, wow. I think he had a perfect first Steeler game. Wow, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. You, of course, had major complaints about the ESPN broadcast last night. By the way, next year it's the Tigers and the Yankees. That's right. Finally. Finally what? I mean, let's 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 get into the weeds. Uh, Aaron Judge will be on the IL. <laughs> well. Okay. And won't, and won't even appear. Giancarlo Stanton will be on the IL. He won't appear. And Garrett Cole won't be in the mood. Fortunately, the Tigers will bring all their players. <laughs> I can't say I don't disagree, but, hey, I can at least dream that maybe it'll be worth it. I'm still going to try to go next year regardless. But you should be able to get a pass to it, right? If anything, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you should be able to get a pass. Yeah. And now Volpe will go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has no That's choice. That's a guarantee. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I just thought the Yankees would have gotten an invite by now, but I mean, no, they're just rotating. They're just rotating it through. That's all. You know, they tried. Uh, what they've done is they've made sure the Pirates were there local. They tried to make the Phillies were there local. Both of them used to have foreign teams in Williamsport. Right. Right. The no, Cubs, I get that. They should get Cubs, first dibs. Cubs, long time ago, farm farm team in Williamsport. 
long time ago. Red Sox, long time ago, farm team of Williamsport. Oh, okay. See, I that, did not know about the Cubs and the Red Sox having teams see, there. I mean, I mean, this is a long time ago, though. Oh, but those okay. have been the connections to this point. Ah. Uh, as to what they've tried to do with it. You know? Uh, and, I, and they're just rotating everybody through. I mean, you know, it's like the San Diego Padres haven't been there yet. Now they got the Angels to go. So they, you know, and Trout wasn't even playing, and he went. Right, he did, yes. Trout did everything uh, when he was there. And Shohei Otani, it's a, you know, that's all great stuff. And they do a good job with it. And, um, I think they got to do Phillies Pirates one year. I know it's, I know it's may not be on a, a big on a national scale type thing, but I just think just for local purposes, it'd be fun to see Phillies and Pirates play each other. Have the Mets played there yet? Yeah, well, Phillies and Mets played there the first time Phillies the Phillies played. Yeah, Phillies and Mets. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this this was the second time the Phillies played. Okay. So yeah, but again, that used to be their farm area. Yeah, of course. No, so no, they, they had should several, have. Yeah. several. In fact, there's uh, the Cutters did a great job of taking a lot of pictures. They did of the of the former Cutters who are on the Phillies. Yeah. Being greeted by Rashawn, and uh, Rashawn is one of the terrific guys. Great guy, and they all love him. That was that was a cool video. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. So, what's your other big complaint? You said you had a couple, and it cropped up last night. And of course, now we know your genuine hate for the analysts now and the uh, ESPN broadcast. (laughs) Actually, I think it's a solid group. It's just it was just an off night for David Cohen and for Eduardo Nunez. But other than that, I I do like that group. I, I think that's one of the better groups that they've had. And obviously, Carl Ravage does a great job, but. Another one again. Maybe I'm falling in the rabbit hole of this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, but I, again, you know me, I can't ignore stupid. And with Aaron Rodgers, I, I guess he did some sort of sit-down interview. I forget who who the media outlet it was with, but he said he wants to play a few good years. And I think he's like 38 now. He wants to play a few good years and then pass it back to Zach Wilson. Okay. I mean, this guy really, I, 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 you can tell he was in a darkness retreat because obviously he lives in his own la-la land. But what's what's wrong with that? I don't mind him playing a few extra years. I, I, that I don't care about. I think he's going to overplay himself a little bit, but because I think he's towards, he's, he's, I think he's, he's seen his better days. But in terms of this thing of passing it on back to Zach Wilson, does he not know how this league works? He's been in it for almost two decades now. That's not how the league works. He's in there because of Zach Wilson. Yeah, but that's how it worked for him. I get it, but I mean, but that's not. I mean, it, he, you know, because he waited, and part of that time, James Franklin was in Green Bay when this happened as the wide receiver coach. That's right. He wait. He waited for Brett Favre. All right. But he didn't so go in and stink it up first, and then Brett Favre came in, and then he and then gave it back to Rodgers. Rodgers was there waiting right. the rings as the first round pick that fell, and then he took over when Favre left. Now, would I have drafted Zach Wilson there? No. And I said that the, I said that leading into that draft, and I said it the day of the draft. I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah, overrated. Okay. Well, that, that, not overrated. At number two. Saying, At number I'm two. I'm just saying I would not have picked him. Okay. And that's just me as to what I thought of him as a quarterback trying to make that huge leap to the next level. It's not easy to do, and I just didn't think, I just didn't think he was ready for that. Especially because remember, 
nine times out of ten, unless you're the Dallas Cowboys drafting Tony Dorsett, nine times out of ten, the team with the first overall pick or the second overall pick, they're bad teams. So that makes the job of being a quarterback to turn them around exponentially more difficult. You're not going to get as much time to throw. You're not going to have the same quality of receiver. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. You, know, you look at some of the quarterbacks that were usually drafted later in a round. Now, some of them have come in right away, and boom, away they go. You know, Dan Marino, Lamar Jackson, guys like that, because they went to more established teams. Ben Roethlisberger is a little further back in the draft, too. And he went to an established team. It does make a difference in a lot of ways. I think he's just being a supportive um, teammate to another quarterback in that room that if maybe you give him a little bit of time and he watches a little bit, sees how Rodgers goes about his business, why he does things the way he does it, and the Jets get better during that time, then Wilson may have a better chance of succeeding because he'll have a better cast around him and also maybe have a better feel for the game after watching one of the veterans play it. Instead of being thrust into it out of nowhere. And I'm not saying Wilson's going to succeed or not, but to me this gives him his best chance of success. I just feel like the Jets are going to move on to somebody else, not Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson by the time Rodgers is done. They very well could. Or they may sit there as a staff, if that staff is still intact, they may sit there as a staff and say, you know, okay, he's ready He's ready to go now. Just like the Packers felt it was, that Aaron Rodgers was ready when Brett Favre left town and ironically went to the Jets. You know? You don't know. You know, it, it, this is always a you don't know with guys. Now, we don't know. We can guess as to how well we think Bryce Young will play. We can guess as to how well we think C.J. Stroud will play. I mean, we can guess all that stuff. Anthony Richardson, we can guess. Now, almost every draft pick is a guess. I mean, almost every, I mean, Jalen Carter's a guess. I don't know how he's going to play in the league. You know, I can guess. I think he'll be good, not great, but he'll be good. Not going to be Aaron Donald. I don't think. But, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, almost all these are guesses. You think they can make that transition. And part of our job is to say definitive things about somebody and say, oh, this is a great pick. That's a mediocre pick. You know, we do that. You know, I didn't think Jalen Rager was a great pick. I thought Justin Jefferson was a great pick. Right. Well, it turns out you got that one right. right. You flip it around a couple of other guys along the way, you're like, ah, I didn't get that one right. He turned out to be pretty good. You know, sometimes that happens. But it, you know, look, we're all trying to make quote educated guesses about guys, people who are supposed to be some of the top talent evaluators, where it's evaluating talent. That is their job. They get a, a bunch right, and they get a few wrong. Right? It happens. Howie Roseman's hit some great 
Howard Roseman's hit some home runs, and he's also struck out. Overall, the batting average is pretty high. But that's what he does for a living. We throw a few more darts on the board, like, hey, good. So, you know, I don't know. Zach Wilson didn't play well at all last year, but he had nothing around him to work with. He didn't have any of the advantages. Everything, his entire thought process as a quarterback is was exponentially sped up last year because as soon as he got the ball, he was running for his life. He didn't have any running game. And he didn't perform well. He didn't handle the pressure right, and he didn't perform well. But he wasn't the only guy in that offense that didn't perform well. And maybe sitting for a couple of years behind Rodgers, and that, I mean... I mean, you don't like Rodgers. I got it. You feel like he just talks, and it's just crazy stuff all the time. But that one, to me, makes sense. And I thought I felt like he was being a supportive teammate of another quarterback. That's just me. I'm not consumed with Aaron Rodgers' disdain. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! You haven't been quite the same since... I mean, where are the Yankees? 24 and 39 since June 1st? No good! No good! No good! I'll give Aaron Boone credit. He had a great answer yesterday. When they asked him about getting... Like fighting back into the race because right now, I mean, I don't think people realize the Yankees right now. The heck with the the East. The Yankees are nine games out in the wild card. Nine out in the wild card. Yep. Okay. So they asked Aaron Boone about it yesterday, and he looked over. He says, "Look, we need to win a game." I thought, "Wow." That was realistic. We need to win a game. And do you realize when Aaron Judge, what the Yankees had, what, two hits on Saturday? I think they had two hits Saturday. Yeah. One of them was a meaningless Judge home run. It was like, right, you know, made this final, what, eight to one? Correct. Yeah. It wasn't meaningless, exactly. That was his first Yankee Stadium home run in 12 weeks. How about that? Yeah. Hey, you scored nine runs. No, that wasn't what you were looking for. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Somebody said to me yesterday, there was a youngster at the Spikes game wearing a Volpe jersey. Right? And I I said, yeah. I said, Volpe Homer today. He said he needed to. He also threw the ball into the dugout that cost him a run. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's my man right there. He knows what's up. These are your people. There you go. He's being raised right, apparently. What? The Volpe jersey? No, no. The the kid threw out an opening pitch and he airmailed it. uh, So it's like he's just like his, (laughs) you know, just like his hero. 
throw to first. I'm listening to the Sterling goes, that went into the dugout. <laughs> he says, I don't understand how he could do that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, that's what losing teams do, man. And John's not used to seeing losing teams because the Yankees, their credit, have been that good. But that, But you think about where they are right now. Um, and this is important to think about. The Yankees got older in the 60, early 60s, right? You know, Mantle got older. Maris eventually was shipped to the Cardinals, you know. And starting in 1965, they weren't good. The Yankees had a drought from 65 until 76, when they were beaten by the Reds at four straight. Then in 77, they won it. But think about that. That was an 11-year drought between World Series, right? Okay. Or 12 years. Yep. From, six, from, from the 64 up 60. This is going to be 14 years. This is even longer than that. The only thing that masks the two is the fact that there's now a playoff system, so they've been making the playoffs. And that that's what masks it. And you are ready to fire a bunch of people. This is where you excel. Please take off. Oh, yeah. I, I After the little cute meeting you, that they had, I think it's you, time to dump Boone, definitely, you, now. You love firing people. Go at it. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see a change in manager and a change in general manager this offseason. And I would love to see a bunch of changes with player personnel as well. Who needs to go? I would love to see Severino finally DFA'd, please. This guy cannot pitch in, as a starter. He can't pitch in, a, in relief. Let him go. Done. The experiment's over with Luis Severino. DFA him. I, I, as I said before, I never would have signed Giancarlo Stanton from the get-go, but I think they're stuck with him, so that is what it is there. Uh, you know, I, I am not opposed to trading DJ LeMayhew either this offseason. I think his he's seen his better days at this point. Uh that's just to name a few. Hmm. Glaber Torres, I you know what? If you have to get some, if it's yeah, if you're at a point where I think you are, where you need to kind of blow it up, I'm not opposed to trading Glaber Torres either. I'm going to miss his bat, but you know what? He can't feel for his life. Luke can feel the ground ball better than him at second base. So I'm not I'm not opposed to trading a guy like Labor Torres either. Is there anybody left? You know, it's interesting. I've heard some some murmurs that um some grumblings that maybe the Yankees should should think about trading away Garrett Cole for pieces. I'm not quite there yet cuz I think you still need to have some pieces. So I I'm not I'm not there on trading on trading Coltrane just yet. I'm not quite there. That was very impressive on Saturday. I, yeah, he was he was awful on Saturday. But listen, he's I, he's kinda, been kinda, he's not the he's on the kinda, very bottom of the Yankees' problems right now. Kind of felt like you got thirty six million dollars worth when you needed it. Go 
senor! No, senor! No, senor! Not on that particular day. No. Yeah, tough day. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I, I want both player personnel, managerial, G, and G. I want a lot of moves made. It's not. I'm not putting my blame solely on the general manager and the manager. I'm putting some heat on the players, too. I think it's also time to say goodbye to Anthony Rizzo. I think that experiment's gone. I don't see anything coming back. Now, some of it's not his fault. The Yankees put him in that spot because somehow I still don't get how they didn't see a concussion in him, but that's another topic for another day. But regardless, Rizzo's too old now. Hmm. You appear to have some definite opinions here. All right. Uh, I'm going to make a talk a little bit about um, where we are with television coverage. Well, I'll tell you what's that what is not right now is not settled yet. What's not settled yet is to what they want to do with the 12 team playoff next year about coverage, which is interesting. Uh, we'll talk about TV and. Uh, where things are now and, and where they could go in a moment here as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Attention, Central Pennsylvania truck buyers. This is the one event you've been waiting for. Subbury Motors is having their 75th annual August new Ford truck sale with savings up to $8,465 and financing as low as 1.9%. All new Ford F-150s will be priced at just $75 over invoice and they will come with a genuine Ford bedliner. Ford Motor Company has awarded SMC 42 additional F-150s to meet consumer demand during this unprecedented sale. The Ford F-150 is America's number one selling truck for 46 consecutive years and one is sold every 49 seconds. Subbury Motors has 23 new Ford Explorers available with savings up to five grand, and they start from just 43375 dollars Pick from 17 of the totally redesigned Ford Escapes and SMC has them slash $2,500 and they start from only $30,890. Subbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury, proudly owned by the Mertz family for over a century. Hurry before someone gets your new truck. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by the great people at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, motorcycle, boat. They'll make sure you're fully insured, they'll do everything they can to save you money. And they're just great people that are pros, pros when it comes to insurance. Customer service means everything to them. At Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. 
and we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. So we'll get to Penn State football here in a little bit because training camp is over. First day of class today, so there's no practice today. And training camp ended last night in Beaver Stadium. The um, I want to get to the TV part for a moment. Uh, it's we're in interesting times where um, you feel like there are trends out there, but the cake isn't fully baked. So follow me on this, if you will. It is obvious that there has been cord cutting everywhere when it comes to TV. Cable bills getting so high, people are trying to figure out ways that they can get what they want without spending as much money. And then, of course, you find out after you stream this, this, and this, you're like, yeah, I'm spending as much money as I was before. (laughs) Right? But... At one point, ESPN had 100.1 million cable subscribers. 100.1 million. Now it's down around 73, 74. So there's been a loss of 26 to 27 million. So obviously the loss is a huge story. But let's not also poo-poo 73 to 74 million either. That's still a significant number, just nowhere near what it was before. We have seen people dip a toe. The established organizations dip their toe into streaming. And what I like in this, and this is, please, let's not go down the political route here. This is not what I'm talking about. Let's take have a common sense conversation. The push on streaming when it comes to sporting events, right? Where this is, you know, this is the future. This is what it's going to be. And, you know, and there's been a, a thought process among networks of accelerating, right? This is very much like the push on electric vehicles, EVs. 93% of the country has bought a gas powered vehicle. In the past year, 7% of bought EVs. Now, at some point down the road, maybe we're all going to have one, but not yet. Because the charging time takes such a long time, the distance becomes an issue. There's, it, not all the bugs have been worked out yet. But here's what's happening you know, as we go through that parallel between EVs being eased into society and streaming being eased in as well on the TV front. There are several parallels that that go with it. And one of them is the amount of money being lost to do it. Ford lost $1.5 billion on its EV, especially the the Ford F-150. Maybe a fabulous vehicle for all I know. I don't know. But I just know what the numbers say. They've lost $1.5 billion on their EV lines. The same thing's happening with the networks when it comes to streaming. They are losing their shirts. 
Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Peacock, they're all nine-figure losers because they're trying to invest in it. And I understand they're trying to stay ahead of the curve, so I understand that. But is America ready yet for a full-blown diet of games on streaming? What did the NFL do? They dipped their toe in the water, Amazon Prime, Thursday Night Football. They said we can average around 12 million viewers, subscribers, whatever. It ended up being 9.7. All right. Well, 9.7 is really good, but it's not the 12 million they talked about. Again, we'll see this year with a better schedule, at least what appears on paper to be a better schedule, if they can get more than that. So I'm going to be interested to see what the trend is there. Notice what the Big Ten did. Dipped their toe into streaming. Eight games on Peacock for football, 37 for basketball. Okay. So let's see what the numbers happen to be. Because the Big Ten is... uh, going big into linear network TV. Fox, CBS, NBC. And that's a big part of it. And they feel that right now is the best route to go with, let's face it, when Penn State plays West Virginia, that game will be on both NBC, and yes, it'll stream on Peacock. It'll be both. Delaware will be strictly Peacock. When Penn State plays Iowa on CBS, it'll be on Paramount+. Plus. But essentially, when it comes to the the exclusive streaming part, when the Pac-12 was presented with an exclusive streaming deal, that's the moment that the conference broke up. Now, Arizona State found it intriguing. Washington found it intriguing, although it looks like Jennifer Cohen's going to leave Washington as athletic director to become the athletic director at USC, but that's a different story. But they found it in. A couple found it intriguing, but the coaches right away said, look, I need people to see my product. They need to see my games. And they said, if we can get to 5 million subscribers, we can meet certain financial thresholds. Over here in the back, you know how many games last year involving Pac-12 teams had over 4 million viewers? I think it was four. And that included USC, Notre Dame. That included Oregon and Georgia. They had four games total. I think it could have been just three total that had four million viewers. You're going to get to five million subscribers. So when you know when presented with an all streaming contract with a reputable dealer in Apple Plus. That's where everybody headed for the hills because they understand that in transition to streaming, 
we aren't completely there yet. In transition with EVs, we aren't completely there yet. Can't just force it down everybody's throat. See what the, the comparison I'm using there? And again, there's nothing political. I could care less what you're political, I, but it, I'm just being realistic here. I, I There's certain technologies that are available that may take longer for people to get involved in and not accept, but say, okay, that's the right way to go. And it's just going to, I think that's the same thing with streaming. Matt, meanwhile, just wants to make sure you're watching SEC TV. Which and then which you can stream our games on the SECV app if you're a customer. Uh, once again, promoting oneself. <laughs> My goodness, you've been hanging with the suit so long. I am on the radio, you know. Okay, go. S U I T. That spells suit. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, we, but, we're we're back with Sports Beat this week, and I'll be on the sideline for our Week One game. So, yeah, terrific. I can stream that if you're an SEC, if you're a Service Electric customer, you can. Ah, no. ah. No. No. <laughs> if not, you'll have to wait till we're on PCN, which is not till. Like early to mid October, I think. When, uh, oh no, late September when we're doing Danville mm. Southern, I think. Yeah, but I'm not okay. on for that okay. game. Okay. Now let's get to the Penn State football part. All right, camp's over, and they'll start making the transition to breaking into scout teams, and then and then get to West Virginia. They'll they'll do a lot of West Virginia work this week uh, before it's all said and done. And I'm looking at a, at a team that could could potentially play. <sighs> I'm talking meaningful plays. I'm not talking about garbage plays at the end of a game. There could be as many as 42 to 50 players. Seeing meaningful reps, not maybe five, ten reps of the game, whatever. And um, and that's that the depth part is held, which is really good. And that in the point that Dave made. That when Trey Potts is your third running back, you know you have something. He's your third running back. You're three deep at tight end. Um, I mean, you look at it, you know, now some of the talent, there's some young talent that, that, Maybe not initially gets there, but there's some young talent. You know, I can list a bunch of players I think are going to be maybe not this hour, but down the road are going to be really good on this team. 
It's a one step at a time proposition. So this was the first step. And one of the keys to getting through the first, and then I go back, what did I say at the beginning? And I said this, I usually say this at the beginning of most camps. Do you have the same team that you started the camp with? And for the most part, the vast majority, they are. And that's important. It also was a highly competitive camp. Yes, were there moments where one side beat the other side and did it convincingly? Yes. Okay? While it's great for that one side, is it great for the overall football team? The ones you want to see are the ones that come down to a rep. Who wins? And it comes down to a rep. And that's what you're hoping for. More often than not, we saw a lot where it came down to a rep. So it's the competitive part of it. And that that part is extremely important when you're looking at the team where you kind of walk away and say, you know what, I kind of feel like everybody got something out of this one instead of just one side. So now we're going to see how it plays out. You get through, yeah, are there bumps and bruises? Of course there are. Let's face it, I mean, camp wasn't too in touch. And I asked, I've asked, I think I've asked um, Frank Bodani, and I've asked Mike Gross, I might have, did I ask this to Rich Scarcell too about, about how do you write about expectations pro and con? You how did, do you approach yes. it? I think I've asked all of them that. Yep. And, I'll, and I'll continue to ask everybody that. Because um, last year's team, for example, is unranked. This this year's team has expectations and is ranked. And they have pretty much, to be honest with you, just really gone about their business. And I think competition creates that. Where you're not running around saying, well, I've got it made, we're good, whatever. I mean, you're going to have, I mean, I've been around a couple teams like, hey, guys, I mean, I know what they're writing about you, but you're not that, you know, you're not showing me that yet that you're doing that. I've been around some teams over the years where I sat back and went, yo, find a gear. This team, no. This team has not been one of those, yo, find a gear group. Um, They've worked. And that's been a big plus. At some point, you know, James will talk about a lot of individuals. I think you saw the six captains. Three had already been announced. I mean, they already had three of them announced. You know, like Keaton and Dom and uh, Olu. And now they've added in what Theo Johnson, uh, Malik Megan, and Adisa Isaacs. They have six. But this is transition day. This is uh, the day. No class. This uh, no um, no practice. Classes began today, and now it's time to uh, transition. Get the scout teams. Those are the hard meetings, you know. And, and and you can move from scout team to travel team during the season. You can do it. So, right. And the and the young players have to understand that. 
You know, it's not easy, I mean, to get disappointing news because you want to be on the travel team. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're on the scout team. Like, uh, i got to run the other guy's plays. Um, and so those are the tough meetings that happen, and then you transition into that because you have to get ready for West Virginia. Conversely, the guys that made the travel team can't sit there and think they haven't made either. That's what, you know, you're doing competition every week. And I've seen guys move up and down. All right. We'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Did she say a gallon of cheese? Yes, and she is correct about that. Yikes. Only because really? I've seen them. I, I have not tried it. I'm not like a nacho cheese kind of guy, cheese fry kind of guy, but I have okay. seen people eat them, and yes, that is very true. Really? Wow. This is the Northumberland County Fair? That is correct. Beginning wow. tomorrow. And we're going to take Luke to the tractor to the garden tractor pole. He enjoyed watching that last year, so we're going to take him again this year. Great. Good. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to that. Uh, not an intriguing opening week. Notre Dame Navy is probably the most intriguing game of the week, and even that's kind of, yeah, you know. Uh, Notre Dame's a twenty-one point favorite, as they should be. Um, but it, but the game's not intriguing. I mean, I know you don't like Deion Sanders, but the next week TCU plays Colorado. That's intriguing because you just want to see what they actually have. Like, are they any good? No, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Plus, TCU, too, you want to see how they respond after that embarrassment in the championship game last year. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I mean, now we may run out of excitement for Colorado football and what they can and can't do after the opening month. But out of the gate, nobody knows really what they have. There's so many different players on that team, plus he's coaching it. And TCU was in the national championship game last year. But the opening week, I will watch some of the opening week just because it's the opening week and it's college football and I want to watch it. But there's nothing where I'm sitting back saying, boy, I can't wait for that game. Hey, I'm white and watch a little bit of Navy Notre Dame, but even that, I'm like, eh. In terms of, like, really wanting to see it. I mean, week zero in a lot of ways is slightly above zero. <laughs> As per usual, yeah. You know, maybe down the road that changes, I don't know. But at least Labor Day weekend, you get some better matchups.